You are now tuned into Wisdom of the Weight Room, the podcast that takes the wisdom gained in a weight room setting and weaves it into your everyday life. In today's episode, we're going to go over patience in training, patience in life, and just what does patient mean for us and how can you start to gain and apply it to your everyday life. We hope you enjoy. I always hate starting these. They're like, <laughs> I'm awkward. It's like, how do you start this? Yeah. What do I say? So, this week we're trying to talk about patience. Do you have patience, Miguel? You know, that's a good question. Um, if you would ask my mom and my wife, they'd say no. Depends but, on who you talk to. <laughs> yeah, really. I, I tell them all my athletes that I'm very patient, but, you know, we, I was talking about this earlier before I, we got together, and they both said I'm very impatient. And I think it just comes, it really comes down to what I'm doing. You know, I try to be patient in everything I do, but that can be really impossible. Um, so, it, yeah, it just comes back to what I'm doing. You know, I, it, I struggle to, um, I hold myself to a higher standard. And so if I'm doing something, I want to do it well. And if I don't do it well and I don't get it done quickly, then I become impatient because most things, I feel like most things for me come pretty easy. So being patient while I'm doing something is, can be a struggle for sure. What about you, Brock? Are you patient? I'm, I'm right there with you as far as I think it depends on what is, what's the context of what I'm talking about with patients. Like, yeah, in a training environment or with certain athletes, certain even like demographics of athletes. Um, like for experience or for an example, in a weight room setting, I tend to find I have a little bit more patience with female athletes compared to male athletes. And I think that just comes to a point where it's like I'm a guy and I know how guys operate. So when other guys or other kids that are, are males aren't grasping something or like they're maybe not understanding I have a little less patience for them because I just kind of almost assume that they should know whereas I don't understand the female side of it as much so I'm more patient with them I'm more understanding it's not very drastic like I, I feel I'm, I'm pretty patient with athletes no matter what but there are certain times with Certain, even just certain kids, not just males and females, but just certain ones. I'm like, you should know this, or you should like, mm -hmm. like you have less patience. So yeah, it just depends. Depends on yeah what I'm doing too. If I don't have the experience level of something, um, yeah, I've, I've my my patience is very short as far as yeah, trying something new or building something or figuring something out. Uh, I think it comes down to how much I enjoy that thing as well. So if I have a deep desire to figure something out, I might have more patience where is if I'm given a task that I may not be interested in and I start to get into pitfalls and kind of struggle with something, I might just shut my brain off or I just might just say, screw this. Like a good example would be in my school environment right now. I'm taking online classes and there's some subjects, there's some topics during certain terms that I really enjoy. So therefore I'm more patient on reading the text yep. and understanding. I might even research outside of the textbook where 
like, let's say like math or like accounting. I'm in that right now. And I just like have no desire for that stuff. Therefore my patience is far less because I think my care's not there either. Oh, that all makes sense. Um, so today we're, we're really going to be discussing patience with training and how that can pertain to everyday life um, and what we do. Um, Brock, if you could, you know, give me a definition of what patience is, what would that be? I would call, I kind of looked it up, but uh, I would call it as being acceptive and far more, have having far more tolerance for something when something doesn't go your way. So it's easy to have acceptance and have a high tolerance of, of patience when something's going your way or if, again, you understand something, but when setbacks occur or failures or a misunderstanding of something happens, that's where that that tolerance of of patience occurs. So that's how I would have kind of explain it. Um, it makes sense, definitely. How would you? You know, hmm, that's a good question. I think when I think about patience, it's you have to. It's I don't know if I really have a definition, but it's stopping yourself before you react. You have to stop and then think, you know, you, if, if something happens, uh, for example, like let's say an athlete is doing something dumb in the weight room, you know, and I could just chew, chew him or her out, you know, um, but I have to stop. I stop myself and I say, okay, well, there's two ways to react. I can lose my patience or I can become very patient now. And by stopping myself, then I decide, you know, the outcome. But I think if you aren't patient, you know, in that, in the weight room and that aspect of like what, with my training and whatnot with the athletes, then you don't, you don't stop and you don't think you just react. I don't know if that's a good enough definition, but that's how I think about it. Yeah. I think what you're kind of getting at is you have a certain level of awareness to the situation that you're, you're involved in. So I think the more awareness you might have with something with the experience that you have, it gives you that higher level of patience because you've already kind of gone through the setbacks. You know more of what's going to happen. You know, like these things can occur. Therefore, you can plan ahead. You can uh, readjust when those things come. Whereas someone who may not know these things and not have that experience, when those setbacks occur, they don't know what to do. Therefore, they have that impatience and they, they have that short fuse of not wanting to pursue it enough or, or push through that setback. So you're saying that it's really about your environment, really, if you're, you know, if you're like for us, if we're in the weight room, which we are 24 seven, we're more patient than somebody that isn't. Is that correct? That oh, for, yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, so funny story. I'm gonna let Brock talk about this, but we had to. Uh, it's our moose story. The moose. <laughs> we had to move a moose uh, Friday, and that was a fun, fun experience. Yeah. So I'll, I'll take it from here. I have a relative who owns a paint and remodel company. Um, it's a, it's his own service and business, 
and he usually calls me for for odd task or he, if he needs help with something maybe he needs another painter or he needs usually it's something like that he needs someone to hold a ladder or to help him like hoist something up and i'm always adamant on on helping him and uh so he calls me up and i get to this house and this moose is huge this thing is massive and it wasn't even that heavy it was just i mean it was heavy but it wasn't like heavy as you'd think it'd be like yes. you would look at it and be like damn yeah. this thing's like hundreds and hundreds yeah. of pounds like 500 pounds or something and it, it was, was like, like as big as we are yeah it, i mean it, the volume of what yeah, <laughs> yeah what it was it was huge yeah. but it was just kind of awkward uh because it was made of like it has like just foam inside of it so yeah. it's hollowed out and then it just has foam but the antlers and stuff that's like where the the weight is so because of this awkwardness like we could care we could pick it up me and him but it was just so awkward and kind of like top offsetting yeah top the heavy nose to where we needed a third person to kind of like navigate the nose and make sure things weren't gonna happen so i called miguel up and i'm like hey man you mind helping us out and like i said he's a good dude so he came and helped and things just weren't happening the way we no. thought it would be like honestly uh my relative was even like, oh, this should be, yeah, in and out, a couple yeah. hours, like two hours maybe. Like, it took us all day. Um, yeah. Miguel came, like, for half of it. But, like, we spent maybe a good couple hours even before that trying to figure it out. Then we called Miguel. And then there was just a lot of setbacks and a lot of things that weren't happening as planned. And it got to a point where I said it to myself. Like, I felt defeated. Um, I didn't say this externally, but internally I was, I was defeated, you know, I didn't eat all day. I didn't have a lot of water. So like that was affecting me. Yeah. So I just wanted to like give up. I was yeah. so like, I just wanted to, all right, let's just, let's, let's just do this done. tomorrow. Let's yeah. just, yeah, let's do it another day. time. Like yeah. I wasn't fully defeated. Like I wasn't yeah. gonna be like, Hey man, I'm out of here. Yeah. Like you figure it out yourself. Like I'm far better than that. But at the day I was like, let's be done yeah and just just move, move on, on and do something yeah. else and come back to it totally um yeah how was your experience with it <laughs> you know i was the same man like i didn't know what i was getting myself into first off but you know i'm like oh yeah i've been asked to move things quite a bit so oh, this would be nothing you know i've moved some pretty dumb things safes and fridges and pianos and hot tubs so I've had my fair share of moving things, and so I didn't think it'd be very difficult. I thought maybe 15 minutes to get it mounted, and that was it. Exactly. It just I thought that same thing. Twice as long as I thought. And, you know, by, you know, we just, earlier, we just talked about environment. Well, it was not my environment. It's not Brock's environment to move a moose head or to mount a moose head to a, to, to a wall. And so, you know, when we, we were both, like, checked out, but his was it your? How do you say it would be your? He's my he's my cousin. Cousin, yeah, yeah. Through marriage. Through marriage. So yep. He's married to my cousin, therefore I call him a cousin. Yeah. So your cousin was still he wasn't he wasn't giving up, but that's his environment. He's he's done those types of things where you and I have not. So when you know it's interesting because if you think about like things that happen in in your everyday life, you know it takes one person to still be positive to help push other people. You know, and that's what it was. Like, if we look at it like that, 
he was still motivated. He was still going, okay, let's try this other thing. I got one more option. Let's try it. Where you and I would have been like, nah, let's, we're out. We're done. And he's, he's thinking ahead and he's yeah. thinking on the fly. Whereas yeah, we're, we're not. We have that, that short understanding of, of the whole process. So therefore, when it didn't work, it was like, well, it ain't well, going to work. Yeah, there's because nothing there's, nothing, there's nothing in our thought process yeah. that would. We don't have, our toolbox is not full of tools that can help us mount a moose head. Yep. Where your cousin, he has plenty of, he's done, he's been there, he's done that, he's mounted other animals' heads to the walls, he's he's had that experience. So for him, it was just like, oh, it's a hiccup. Let's just keep going. Yep. You know, and so with his mentality, that kept us going. And we weren't we weren't gonna just leave him hanging. Like no. that's not how we operate. But you know, he just figured it out. Yeah. And you know, that's how we what we do in training. Yeah, so what what occurred was the the mounting brackets of this moose wasn't aligning with how we wanted it mounted. So there's these lag bolts coming out of the wall and the mounting brackets on the head of the moose, they just weren't lining up and they weren't like really catching and securing itself to the wall. And honestly, there was even a time where we had it on the wall. Yeah. And I was like, all right, oh, yeah, cool, good. good to go. Yeah, let's and, get out. Um, my cousin, he's very, he was just he, perfection. Yeah, he's a perfectionist. Yeah, which is um, perfect. And it's just that it's level good. of security. Like, there's a moose head, head that's that could right couple, above yeah, the front like door. Hundred to two hundred pound moose head. Yeah. Right above people. Let that fall on grandma. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that ain't happening. So he was definitely like, he wanted all the ducks in a row, and he wanted it legit. Yeah. So then he tinkered around with it more, and then it, it like went from, it worked, so it, then it didn't work at all. Yeah. And then we were like back to square one. Yep. And that was when I was at the point of defeat, like, this ain't gonna, like, this ain't gonna work, or... Like I don't know, I'm um, I'm out of ideas. I didn't yeah. have ideas in the first place, so I yeah. really don't know what's going on. And he's like, "Well, let's try this." So he gets a totally different mounting bracket on this thing, and he has to adapt because they don't even fit onto the moose head. Yeah. So he had to take extra wood that he had. He had to like MacGyver his way through this, yeah. and it's just because he has that level of experience yeah. and level of understanding. Yeah. To know that well, this could happen. Therefore. We need this as like a backup. So if he was just like, oh, we'll just have one mounting bracket and call it a day. Yeah. And then that bracket didn't work. So we would have been pretty screwed. So then, yeah, we would have had yeah. to like stop. Yeah. He was prepared. Yeah. But he was, so he had that yeah. level of preparedness yeah. and that level of, of awareness to yeah. like overcome setbacks. Yeah. And it was, it was obviously a really good experience and it fit, fits perfect to what we're talking about today. Um, so yeah, it was a good, uh, it was a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Without definitely. it being like a legit good time. Mm -hmm. It's good. It was a good experience. Yeah. So, you know, getting into it, you know, with that, you know, it was, it was his environment that we weren't in, but when we get, to, when we move forward into what we're, our environment, our environment is in the weight room and in training. And, you know, there's so much that Brock and I have learned about being patient in training um, that we thought it would be very informative for everybody to understand that and hear that and how we use it in everyday life. So, Brock, tell me a little bit about, you know, different experiences that you've had, you know, where you've had to be patient in your training um, and how it's kind of helped you maybe possibly in your everyday life and whatnot. So I could equate this to um, training as far as, like, trying to develop not necessarily – strength because we understand that that just comes with time yeah um 
but from a skill point. So mm-hmm. maybe like uh, an Olympic lift. It's very yeah. technical, very complex. Yep. And it takes a level of understanding to perfect it, right? Yeah. Um, it's not like a, let's say a burpee, right? There's yeah. really not a lot you can do to mess up a burpee. You no. get to the ground and you get back up. Yeah. There's many variations of it as well. Yeah. But it's very... It's not a it's skill thing. Simple. Yeah, it's I mean, simple. It's a simple exercise. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can definitely do it wrong. Yep. But as far as kind of comparing it to a snatch is like yeah. Yeah. if you don't have the pieces in place to do an Olympic lift, like a snatch, for example, you're not gonna succeed. Yeah. Like where like a burpee or even like running, like you can get through it. There's ways to do better at running in burpees, but you could do it wrong and still pass. Whereas snatching I mean, the the movement itself, yes, but let's say, like, you want to snatch 200 pounds. Like, when it comes to that concept is you have to have the technique there, and you have to have a level of patience to to know when to pull and know when to extend and know when to punch under the bar. Yeah, drop. Yep. And you got to know these things. And, I mean, yeah, there's a certain point where you can kind of just muscle your way through, I mean, anything, mm-hmm. really. But if you want to have that level of success – you have to know what it takes. And then therefore, just learning it and and being patient like with how the process is. Otherwise, you're going to get to a point where I always say this in my athletes is we're, it's like we're building a pyramid, right? And our peak is only as big as our base. So the more sound and the bigger of a base you have the higher of a peak you can overall have yeah yeah whereas if you rush training and if you rush a snatch or if you rush a strength cycle you may have some success but the peak of your success is far superior than if you were to have your patience and build your foundation and then be able to understand and calculate when to pull and when to drive and when to do all these things right yeah. And then therefore, let's say you rush your training and I was like, okay, I, I can now snatch 200 pounds. But now that's I'm capped out because my training is only allowing me to get to that certain point because my yeah, base is your not base, yeah, your my foundation base is, is garbage. Yeah. Where the person that was patient with it their training, the time. take the time to learn the skill, yep, yep. learn the technique mm-hmm. and, and move at a slower pace yeah, he didn't. He maybe didn't get to 200 pounds as fast as the other guy. He's gonna surpass you, in but the end. he surpassed yeah. him, and now he's at 250, 300, etc. And that's kind of anything, really, that can equate to. Um, but that's how I've really learned to have patience with anything, and it came from learning skills and learning the construct of of anything, like even a simple skill like squatting, like. It's simple, but it's not. And you got to yeah. have that level of understanding that simple, simple, but there's a breakdown to it. And the more you can break things down, the more understanding you can have, the more patience you're going to have. Because yeah. like we said before with the, like the moose said, my cousin knows that he, he needs to have these other things in place. He, know, he needs to know where the balance point is. He needs to know where to put the studs, you know? Yeah. He could have easily just threw that moose up on the wall and called it a day. And it might have worked. 
but it probably wasn't going to work for long. And that's the same thing with training. Yeah. Yeah, I think for me, you know, what really helped me have more patience was I, I, I don't know why my brain was wired that way when I was younger, but it was just I was able to see – I was able to embrace the process of what I was doing. And I think I got motivation by knowing when I looked around in the weight room that nobody else was able to do that. They wanted to get results fast. That's what most people want. That's what people want right now in, in everyday life when it comes to the weight room. They want the results tomorrow. And for me, I loved embracing the suck of going through the same stuff every single day and knowing that, you know, it's it's going to take me a while to get where I want to be. You know, being a weaker person when I was younger – I knew that the only way that I was going to get stronger is by doing it over and over and over again. And then knowing that nobody else had that drive that was around me at the time. And then as I've gotten older and gotten more, um, you know, going from a novice to more advanced in my training, um, I, I've seen, now I can look back and look at how far I've come. So now that even gives me more patience in my training because it's, I put in the time. I've understood, like, I've been doing this for 12 years, like, and I haven't quit. And so that gives me the patience to move forward and see that, hey, like, I, I can continue to do this. There's The only person that's stopping me is me. If I've been patient this long with it, wh- why would I stop? And that's the thing, like, with, with people is they don't understand that it's going to take time to get to where you want to be in training and in, in anything that you do. And you have to be willing to be okay with – understanding that the process is a long journey it's not just a day week month year task the process is a journey it's a lifelong journey journey you're probably going to be on the rest of your life and if you're not okay with that you probably don't really have patience and that's something you need to start looking at you know training is all about being patient because nothing comes easy you know there might be somebody who can you know uh, we got a buddy of ours that benched uh, he's up to four. I want to say, Kirk, if you're listening, man, hopefully I don't mess this up, but I want to say he hit four fifteen in my gym or four twenty. I don't remember. It's one of the two, two weeks ago. And he started benching a year ago. I haven't hit four Oh five yet, you know, and I've been benching for seven years, 10 years, whatever. I don't even know. But you know, that, that sets me back sometimes when I look at him, like, dang, like he just started a year ago. But then I, that, it can't be, you can't think like that. You know, I got to think about it's me against me every single day. And so I got to just keep grinding. Like, I, there's nothing that's going to stop me besides me stopping. And, you know, for him, that's a great – like, I'm, I'm so happy for him and what he's gotten to, that success, because he's wanted it. You know, he's been passionate. He's been driven. And that that's how I look at it. Like, his passion, his drive to get to 415, 420, whatever it is, it motivates me and pushes me to be more patient in my training. And then hopefully, you know, it does the same thing for everybody else that trains with me or that's my athletes is understanding like, hey, this is what we do. You've wanted to transition from working out to training. Now we're here. Now let's start being more patient. Hop on board, man. Hop on board. Ladies, like, let's go for the ride. Like, this is what it's all about. It's not necessarily the the destination that's the biggest, like, yeah. reward. It's exactly. the, the journey in of itself. Yes. And I think what I'm under starting to uh, – come to like as we're having this conversation um patience is acceptance yes like so if i if i have to define patience i just have to define it as 
acceptance. Yeah. And it's just accepting things might not go your way. Yeah. And the timetable might be longer than expected, but you can still do it. And yeah. it might not be today, but if you stop, it might not be at all. It definitely, it, it uh-huh. will be yeah. not at all. If things are easy, you're patient. But when things are hard, that's when we become unpatient. It's the things that make us push or that, that we or get, causes discomfort in us that we don't want. We don't want that. So then we get angry. Then we get mad. Then we get frustrated. And we get upset because we want it now, you know, rather than sitting back and then just taking it in and just slowing your roll, just slowing down and, and just saying, like, you know what? Like, there's a reason it's like this. There's a reason why, you know, I'm, I've been working for this job for the last year, two years, and I'm slowly going up the ladder, but I'm still not there. Well, look at where you started. You know, same thing in school. Like, man, there was times where I was just, like, defeated. I hated class. I was, you know, I, I, <laughs> I failed a class in college. I never failed a class in my life. And it was a PE class of all things. So everybody out there listening, like, man, I failed PE. <laughs> and I'm a strength and conditioning coach. You're kidding me, right? But I failed it, and and it taught me, like, okay, you got to just get back up and go. And then and then it taught me patience because there were things I didn't want to, like, classes like you talked about earlier where I didn't care. So I was very impatient with those things. But then I started realizing as I got older, like, embrace those things because there's something you can learn from everything right and so then I started doing that um and then when I got into you know grad school I it even taught me more when I really got got when I really got started working with athletes I learned that I had to become more patient because you know one thing as being coaches um like Brock and myself is everybody is different that you work with and so what one thing might work for one athlete that I tell them to do will not work for the next athlete. And and then I have to be patient enough to understand that and then understand that they might not still get it. And so now I need to become more patient. One of the worst things I can see that coaches do is they become impatient with their athletes. You know, and 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 we're going I'm going all over the place, but I I try not to be like that. You know, I if you even if you ask me the same thing every single day, I'm not going to lose it on you. But there will be a point in time where I'm going to say, hey, we've been through this enough times. You shouldn't be asking me this anymore. But then it gives, you know, another thing is being patient gives people confidence. And I say that because if it's somebody I'm working with and I'm not losing it on them, if they're asking questions and whatnot, then they build that confidence. If I'm impatient, they're never going to ask questions. And so that's taught me. And then I go a step further, you know, after grad school, it was, I, did, I couldn't find a job. Applied to over 100 jobs, got nothing. And that was, I was impatient. I, you know, I thought, oh, I have a master's degree. I should be able to get a job easily. Didn't get anything. So I moved back home, felt like a failure. So I'm like, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do now. And at the time, you know, for me, I'm going to, God, for me, had a different plan. And so my brother-in-law was working at a, Juvenile Delinquent Center is what I'll call it. And he said, hey, hop on board, man. Like, I think you could do good things here. And so I applied. I started working there. You know, first week, my boss got fired, so I took their his position. And then working with those kids for that year developed more patience. Because every single kid that I worked with, you know, if they did something wrong, if they were disrespectful, 
They weren't following directions. They expected me to react a certain way. They expected me to act, react in a negative way. You know, lose my cool, lose. I never lost him once. The funniest thing that ever happened to me was a kid once said, Mr. Miguel, why don't you ever get mad? And I'm like, well, if I get mad, if I lose my patience, you've won. I don't want you to think like that. You know, I want you to realize that there's nothing you guys can say, none of you kids out there, that are just going to affect me, right? And so then it allowed me to become more patient because I knew that these kids were going to do make mistakes, react a certain way. And so then that taught me, okay, how do I react? Do I be impatient with them? Do I lose my cool? Or do I have an understanding of patience and, and use that to better myself? And then that just helped me with my training. And that helped me with coaching, you know, at the collegiate level. Yeah. One thing I always like to say to myself and to anyone who ever asks me or I feel needs the advice is um, an angry mind is a weak mind. Yes. And the more the anger that you set forth onto something, it it sets a level of weakness in your mm-hmm. head. Mm-hmm. And you can't. Uh, you can't flourish with that type of mindset. No. You know, I heard this from David Goggins the other day. He said that, you know, anger is short-lived. He said, you know, an experience for him was when you're in 30, 40-degree water and you're dying, you know, you feel like you're not going to live. The last thing is you're gonna you're not going to be thinking about the people you're angry about. You're not going to be thinking about those angry moments. It's thinking about... You know, your, your mind's off of that. It's gone. So anger, anger is not going to be the, the thing that motivates you. So, it, you know, that's where it, it, it's just it's, it's not there, you know. And being allowing yourself to learn how to become patient is going to, you know, you're not going to have stress anymore. You're, you aren't, you're, you're going to feel different. You're going to feel better. You know, uh, and I think if you're practicing it in your training, you know, knowing, understanding that every day is probably going to be difficult, you know, you step in, like we talked about in earlier episodes and it's just not there and you're going at your 70%, you're giving it 110 of that 70 because that's all you got. Well, now you're learning that you have to be patient and understanding that, you know, there's days where I go into the gym you know, I was supposed to box squat. My goal is 625 isn't crazy but I was trying to get that this past Friday week before I hit 610 615 it felt really good didn't even get past 600 well I could have gone done two things I could have been impatient you know lost my cool or just under you know with or went the other route and said okay you know what it is what it is I'm going to be patient in my training and I understand that this is just a day off like I'm just off and and that's okay you know, another thing I think we need to get into about training at some point is, you know, there along the way, <laughs> something everybody's going to learn when they start training or are training is that at some point you are going to get injured. And that's we can use that in another pack, podcast, but at the same time, when that happens, because it will, you're going to have to learn how to be patient through that. If you don't, you're probably going to make the, the injury worse, you know, if you – but if you do have that patience, you'll probably come out of that injury better than you were. You know, you'll be better off than you were before. I can uh, I can say something about that is I tweaked my back two weeks ago. <laughs> um, and you got to 
it just comes with experience. Mm -hmm. You you're gonna start to understand that you're gonna know a tweak compared to like a blown disc. Like yeah, there's always a time and a place to just stop, and you have to tell yourself that. Um, because if you stop now, you can uh, reduce the injury that you're gonna have. Like if you just prolong it, right? If you just kind of keep pushing through it. Um, and you got to know like how important is it. Like we're yeah. we're not we're not competing. Like it's there's not money on the line. Your life's not on the line. So you don't have to go max out tomorrow yeah. because you tweaked your back. So this just comes down to experience. And I think the more we talk about this, it's just understanding that it just comes from experience. Patience is experience. And when you realize that, you can be more understanding of it takes time. But as far as like my injury went is I tried to deadlift and I kind of knew I was like, I'm, I, I squatted two days ago. I maxed out squatted. I hit a PR. Yeah. So my legs, my back, it's not as fresh. So odds of me PRing on a deadlift two days after that are pretty slim, <laughs> but I kind of, and, 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 and I wasn't that. even PNR, but, uh, I was going to, I was going heavy and I mean, I hit a good weight. I hit 420. I was like, okay, four. Like four thirty is probably doable. Like um, I was going to okay. grind, but oh, was this is deadlift, right? This is deadlift, yeah. Okay. And uh, so I, I take my allotted rest. I go to pull. Not even don't even get it off the ground. Like I, I I get the bar flexes and I just hear or I feel like oh <laughs> my low back is not Duh. yep and not happy. tweaked it. Yeah. And I was literally hobbling for days. Yeah. For days. Um and if I didn't have the patience through just my general experience, I could have easily, like the way I felt, I could have easily just cashed in and took like a month off. And I see that happen a lot is people take, get those injuries and they take a month off of just, they just stop. Mm -hmm. And if you understand that, not necessarily stopping, but if you just take a step back Try to do the things that you're in that are in your power to to do, and you can control. So, obviously, mo mobilizing, uh, doing Act a lot of stretching, active recovery, yeah, active recovery, yeah. Pre pre lift, yeah. Um, I was able to get out of that tweak in a matter of weeks. Yeah. Whereas I I know for a fact the, the what I felt. And again, it's just from down experience. Like, yeah, yeah. I've had those back issues, so I know it's like, what the hell is that? Oh my! My dad's doing some freaking excavating outside. So if you hear that on the podcast, we apologize. But I would know, like, what I felt like it was bad. Like I couldn't roll out of bed. Um, I felt like an old man, dude. I felt terrible. Yeah. But I knew that if I can just get up, if I can just put another step yeah. in front of the other. If I can get to the gym and yeah. just get my blood temperature up, yeah. get my body temp up, and just move, yeah. and get that blood circulating, get fresh blood into that restricted area, area yeah. and circulate it, I can minimize my time off. Yeah. And I could still do upper body. I could still, there was still fat sets of training I could still do. Yeah. So benching, pressing, yeah. pulling, upper body stuff. Um, Squatting wasn't even that bad, but yeah. I, I I took a step back, and I did the things necessary 
and then I was able to, and now I'm just, I'm flying on all cylinders. And if you understand that and you can accept that it's going to take time, yeah, you can get through training. Yeah. And, and so like what you're saying is, is you're in your environment. So you're able to be creative. You know, you're able to work through weaknesses or not even weaknesses, but injuries. You know, even though injuries suck, they can be very good to humble everybody that trains because and, and it'll, by humbling you, it'll allow you to become more patient and, and, and being injured. will if, if you accept it, will teach you patience. The one time that I got injured, you know, lower backs are, are always weak. I feel like most people have lower back issues. And I would say 90% of my athletes have weak backs. That's another story for another time. But the funny thing with that, it was when I was in grad school my first year, I, I don't even know what I did. I, was, I must have been squatting wrong. <laughs> and I, it was one night I was at home and I was bringing in my dog. And my whole back went out, my lower back. I, and I fell over <laughs> on the ground. And I couldn't get up. I was laying there, and I'm like, oh, I don't even know what to do. And I, so I had to crawl inside, and the dog's just looking at me like, what the hell is wrong with you? So I crawl inside. <laughs> and I'm, yeah, just making all kinds of like, oh, gosh, my back. And, and I'm like, I don't know what to do. Do I? Do, how do I get up? Like, do I, my mom's a doctor. Should I call her and be like, what do I do about this back? And luckily at the time I was dating a girl, um, my girlfriend and she helped me, you know, but I, I got into the house and then my, where I was living, um, is my living quarters or my bedroom was upstairs. So I like crawled up the stairs <laughs> and I just laid there and I'm like, this was awful. Like, I'm like, I just let the dog in. Like, this is stupid. You gotta be kidding me. And so from that, you know, I had to, I couldn't back squat. I couldn't do much for, with my legs for over a month and a half for sure. But I, you know, I, what I did was I, like, it taught me to slow down because I, I couldn't just keep going forward. I had to be creative like you did and figure out, okay, what do I need to do to get better? So, you know, after that, it, it taught me a lot. Like I started seeing a Cairo, you know, for that month and a half every week religiously excuse me i was um icing my back quite a bit i was being aware of how i was sitting in class you know how i slept i was rolling my back out a lot and then when i became to training you know at first it was just doing upper body movements man it was hilarious so i would i remember like all the athletes when i would train would look at me like i was crazy because i couldn't get down to the bench like i literally could not get down to the bench so like somebody would have to help me get down to the bench to bench. And then if I was doing like a floor press, like it was even worse. Like I was so slow moving. Um, and from that experience though, you know, when it, to go a step further, when I could do lower like leg work, um, I just started front squatting a lot because it didn't put that pressure on my lower back. And so I got really good at front squats. And I think just doing the front squats helped my back squat get better. And then I, I, I went back and analyzed my back squat and was looking at, you know, what things am I doing wrong in my back squat that could have caused this injury? And at the time, I didn't know as much as I do now. I should have been doing a lot of lower back work when I could. So that's a learning experience for me now. Now I know more. I have more in my toolbox. So now I definitely know what I do, you know, but I'm, I'm working on um, exercises now to prevent injury even more than I was back then. But I was creative. I didn't give up. I had the patience to say, hey, you know what? You've been training hard for four years now. 
that being my fifth year. Um, so five years, you know, like what, what was that all for? You know, if you're, if you don't have the patience to make it through this, you have no patience at all to continue. Why, why continue Miguel? Like, that's what I had to tell myself. It was that self-talk of constantly every day, like, Hey, you could quit, you know, but what's that going to do for you? You know, look around at, look around at all the other people, all your other GAs, which one of them would have the guts to keep going? You know, would they? I don't know. Look at the other people that, like, how they would handle the situation. How would they do it? Would they get up? Would they be patient with the injury? I was like, I don't want to be like most people. You know, I told myself, like, I'm going to get through this injury. I'm going to be patient enough to work on my weaknesses, to figure out how I get my back better, and then keep rolling. You know, and that that changed my mindset, you know. Yeah, this is kind of going off, but, you know, I was trying to think about, like, when did my life, like, move in the direction that it's moving now? And when did how did that when did the patience come and i remember there was when i was a seventh grader no maybe it was eighth grade i went from football to cross country don't ask me why but i did and i wanted to be the best cross country runner on the team now was i no but i was grinding back then you know i was thinking about this the other day i would run to school and so i was running probably to get to school it'd take me It was at least a four-mile run, five-mile run. And then when I got there, I'd run more. I'd probably put in another mile or two. And I carried my clothes. I remember I had these Doc Martin boots because that was cool back then. <laughs> I'd carry them in my book bag with all my books. And so I was carrying It was like a rucksack. So I was running to school. When I got there, I kept running. And in my back of my head, I'm like, ah, oh, man, nobody else is doing this. This is, like, crazy. This is rocky stuff. Like, it motivated me. And then I kind of lost it for, like, my high school career. It went away. But then after I got out of, like, college and I started seeing it again, now I'm like, ah, oh, that's where it started. There's something, that switch, that made me be patient enough to work with that in the in my training. Like, at that time, it was cross-country. But now it's even more, if that makes sense. For sure. So we've been talking a lot about patience as far as from our experience. Um, one thing I should say that maybe we should tell our audience or give them some some context is how does one maybe come to have patience without the experience because i think we've been talking about we're just so patient because we just know so much like we've we've done it Mm -hmm. it's been there but i think for maybe some people that are listening they might be new to this training stuff or or just anything they might be having a new job or maybe they, they, they just had a baby baby's on the way, you know? Yeah, so like yeah. they don't have the experience. So I would say in, in our spectrum, like I don't have kids, so I can't say about that, <laughs> but in a training environment, let's maybe give the people some ideas on how they can be more patient with their journey that they're just starting out on. Maybe they're a year or a few years into it, or maybe they want to start. So how would you maybe, maybe a couple, maybe two tips or just even some ideas on how someone could maybe have patience without the experience. That's a tough one, Brock. Um, so, uh, <laughs> you know, I think that that's, you know, I like when Brock makes me think. Hey, I mean, that's I, wanted to, I want to say this to everyone is I literally just, this came into my head as yeah. we we're talking. Um, it probably should have been something that was of before thought. Yeah. That way we could have maybe thought about it a little bit more. No. I, I think so just to let you know that. I think hmm, 
you know, an example or, or an idea for everybody out there that maybe be are just struggling to have the patience that they need in training is you have to know your why. And we've discussed that, you know, we discussed that in previous episodes. And if you don't know why you're doing it, how can you be patient? How can, if you don't have, you know, we talked last week about having those goals. How do you, you can't, first off, if you're not tackling those goals, if you're not trying to go after them, you won't build that rapport with yourself to, to build the patience, you know? And, and I think you have to understand for yourselves is that understand that it's going to not be easy and it's going to suck. That training, training is like that, you know, but it can be enjoyable too, but it, that is, it's going to be hard. You have to know that. Don't expect it to be easy. Don't expect it to always be fun. Um, expect sometimes like, and maybe this is backwards thinking. Sometimes I expect the worst because then if it happens, then I'm like, oh, I'm good to go. I've already been expecting this when other people would probably say, don't do that. But that's, that's my opinion. So, you know, to, to find that patience, if you're struggling, you know, is, is you have those set goals. You know, we don't really talk about that because in, for Brock and myself, they're already there. They're part of us. But you have those set goals now. Now you're trying to achieve them and then understand, like, whatever they are, that when you go to the gym or when you go to the weight room or the gym, that now you're, you, have, you know that goal. You know, an example, today I'm going to, I feel really good. I'm supposed to squat 405 for 5x5. Five five. Okay, that's my goal. Okay, and now let's say I'm, I'm in the weight room getting warmed up. I've hit 315 for one of my warm-up sets. Okay, boom. I'm on to my second set or my first actual working set. Now I'm going to hit 405. Okay, felt like garbage. Well, okay, like what are you going to do? Now, but my goal was to get 5x5. Five five. It's, it's possible. You know, any, it's, it's possible. So keep going. You know, keep going. Hit that second, third, fourth. And then you have one more set. Then what you can do the next day is look back on that and say, you know what, if I was impatient and I quit because maybe that first set felt like crap, then I wouldn't have got the last four sets. So then my patience is it's not there. But I was patient enough to say, okay, first one sucked. Maybe I need to take a little bit more recovery, get my mind right, put on the right song, got the second, third, fourth, fifth. Now I got it completed. I achieved my goal. Okay, so then the next day I can remind myself, reflect on that day before and say I did it. I was patient enough to do it that day. What's my excuse? Excuses will ruin you. They will ruin you. Don't let them ruin you, okay? And so, and then allow that to move you forward. Allow that, that, hey, I'm I'm holding myself up to a higher standard today. I'm gonna kill it. I did it yesterday. I'm gonna do it again. I was patient through my training yesterday. There's no excuse for for me not to do that. I don't know if that helps, you know, people out there that are listening, but that's how I would view it. You know, don't, you know, set the bar high if you can, because that's where we should be. We should be setting it high. Don't set it low, but set it high and then get after it, you know? Just make sure it's attainable. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying all this stuff. Yeah. But it, attainable. Yes. It comes back to that. It has yeah. to be attainable. Uh, but, but there's nothing. I mean, you could do it. Yeah. I like that a lot. Uh, go listen to our last podcast if you want to know that reference. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you, do your smart goals. Um, I really like how you're saying like defined, like if defining like what you want. Like yeah, you got to know your why. Otherwise, 
like like we just said like if we don't have a level of passion for it it's not gonna happen nope I'll, or i'll quit um and then i would say it's having a level of trust in in the process yeah like we just said it's like it's understanding the journey is going to take time so trusting the time is going to pay off is big so it's like uh it's kind of like just like walking in the dark you know like you got to understand like you need to trust like you may not be able to see where you're going but if you trust and you know that there is an objective and there is an end goal you can just keep going but otherwise if you don't you're just stuck yeah so it's it's having that level of trust yeah and understanding that even though you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel if you don't see the success short term trusting that it will pay off and it will come is going to pay dividends um but my biggest tip i would say as far as gaining patience with training in a new environment um is simplify what you're probably doing um so define what you want and then just make sure it's simplified enough to where you're not kind of clogging yourself with a bunch of things to do right so it's like if you have a goal if 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 it's too complex the or or if you have too many goals i would say those goals might conflict each other. So it's like, um, for a good example, maybe you want to squat a couple hundred pounds, squat 500 pounds, but you want to run a marathon in a top time. Those two things are really, really hard to achieve. Opposite end of the spectrum there. Not saying they're impossible. Yeah. It could be possible. There's people out there. Well, this one guy, um, Adam Klink, He's like a big CrossFit guy. I think he's the first person to ever squat 500 and run a sub five mile. Cause that's what a lot of people like people are breaking boundaries yeah. and that's awesome. Yeah. But those people are outliers. Let's be yeah, honest. Yeah. Yeah. So if you can simplify what your training is, it's going to be a lot easier to come in day in and day out and avoid setbacks or accept setbacks because you have a lot less going on. Yeah. So you're not trying to do a pull-up, do a 500-pound squat, run a mile in this time. Like, like All that just kind of is claustrophobic for the mind. So yeah. if you can just simplify, not saying like it's, it's one thing. Like You don't need to have just one goal. I mean, some people do, and some people go to attack it, and it's kind of easy. Yeah, I have this one goal and one goal only, and I'm going to murder it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. You can have a couple of goals and do that. But if you have a bunch of things going on, it's really, really hard to stay patient, focused. to stay focused, yeah. and to be consistent. And, and I can uh, equate that to kind of my experience right now is I'm finding in my daily life I have just a lot of tangibles. And it's making it hard to focus on these specific things because I got so much going on and that's life. Like you got to kind of have an understanding of that. Like life's just crazy, man. Like you just got to figure it out. But when it comes to time that you're devaluing certain aspects of your life or you're harming yourself just to get by or just to have this, this minor level of success, that's maybe when you need to kind of understand that you might need to be able to, you might need to take a step back maybe 
take some things off your plate, refocus, okay, re-energize, and then move forward. So it's like sometimes you always got to take one step back to take Two three, three, yeah, three yeah. four steps forward. So, yeah. so my biggest thing for people out there is to, yeah, make sure you're not overdoing yourself. Simplify your actions so you can maximize your results. Yeah, I think that's good. I think, you know, that that pertains to everybody. Um, I want to go a step further. Like, you know, we talked about training for with people. You know, it's it's no different with athletes. You and I both work with athletes, and I see them struggle constantly with being patient with their training, especially with this COVID thing. You know, COVID thing has thrown a whole nother level of frustration with athletes, coaches, and everything else. But we, I feel like we have had to learn how to be patient. We've had to learn how to, to adapt to what's going on, you know, and adapting is part of being patient. Um, you know, and I think a lot of the problem is that I see with my athletes is they're not playing. How, coach, how do I have patience when I don't get to play? You know, that's a pretty good question, you know, and, and I could see the frustration. I could understand it. I try to, it's a justified thought for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I go back to the drawing board. I'm like, Hmm, how would I be, you know, cause you're looking forward to your, you know, for instance, fall football, you know, my kids aren't playing. Your kids are at the high school level. They are college level, juco level. They're not. Why coach, why do I need to show up every day? Why should I give it 110%? I'm not going to play until the spring. And when we get to the spring, am I even going to play? And that's where you have to know your why. At the end of the day, it's like, well, yes, games are why you play. I mean, football is why you are training, you know. But now you have to find other reasons. It can't be just one. If it's just to play play in games, that's not going to be good enough, especially with this COVID. I think COVID is one of the worst, but one of the best things that could happen in a way to train the mind differently, to become more patient. Because now I have to be patient with my training. It's not, oh, hey, this, you know, we're going to have a game Saturday. We're not going to have a game until March. How do I have patience from August, no, July for my guys, for my football players, until March when they haven't played since last fall? And you know, that's, that's what I see the struggle. And then I look at my, I have to look at, evaluate myself as a coach and say, okay, what do I need to bring to the table? How can I help them become more patient? And then it's throwing ideas that I have, or that I've utilized myself at them, you know? Okay. So you don't get to play games. Can you change that? No. Okay. So let's move forward. Okay. What other things can we help? Can we find that'll motivate you or drive you to become more patient, you know, with your training? Let's focus on you know, your lift, you squat terribly. You know, you look like a pancake when you squat. You look like mashed potatoes, as Brock would say, uh, when you squat. So let's focus on that. Let's get that squat better. Let's get that power clean technique good. Let's get your vert up. You know, let's have other goals besides playing the game that'll help you when you get to play the game to perform better. You know, let's, let's focus on that. Let's put our energy there rather than being negative and impatient with what you're doing and then understanding that it's hard for them to understand the process. And some of that just, I feel like comes with age. Yeah. for sure. You know, wisdom, as you get older, you realize that things aren't always going to come easy. They just don't, you have to put in the time and at 18, 19, 16, 15, 14, 17, I don't know all that. That's, you don't see the bigger picture. And that's another, I could say that, you know, kids, if you're listening out there, Look at the whole picture. Look at why we make you go through hell like we do when we know you're not going to play. 
right away. You know, we're trying to teach you life lessons. It was funny today. Uh, yesterday I was at uh, Marshall's because that's a fun place to shop. And an old athlete of mine came in and he said, coach, and I, and he had moved on to another school. Uh, he quit uh, the team last year early on though. And he said, coach, I really miss it. He said, I said, what? You miss what? Like Fort Dodger, I was under or what? He's like, I miss playing on my team. He's like, I complained so much or, you know, I was not happy with getting up at 6 a.m. doing conditioning or doing, you know, iron cross is a terrible <laughs> ab exercise I make him do. But he's like, you know, I actually miss it. And I'm like, but you were impatient. You you didn't miss it like back then. But I And I had told him early on, I said, when it's gone, it's gone, man. And that's the thing, guys, like guys and girls out there that are listening. When it's gone and you don't have it, you're going to want to become more patient. Right now you're impatient with the process of us getting to those game days. But embrace what you have. Embrace that you're still able to be at school, that you're still able to get better. You know, remind yourselves that we got done in March for spring break and we didn't see you for four, three, four months, whatever it was. Remind yourself how hungry you were back then. You were starving. You were ready. I wanted to play ball. Well, then you lost it. Remember that feeling. You know, it's the same feeling you have when you're injured. Remember that, oh, I just want it so bad. Don't forget those feelings because that allows you to be patient. It's it's in your internal fire drives your yes. external goals for sure. Exactly. Be lit. Get lit up. Litty. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's 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 again my my favorite quote of all time. Your your height of your success is only as deep as your depth of your desire. So it's it's having again. So when shit hits the fan, like when nothing when something doesn't go your way, what are you gonna do? You gonna give up? You gonna quit? You gonna bitch? You gonna moan? Or are you just gonna keep going? Yeah. And I, the and the people who get to where they want to get to didn't stop when shit got tough. Yeah. They kept going. Yeah. Otherwise, they wouldn't be there. Like, you you can't get somewhere by staying somewhere else. You gotta take the journey. You gotta make the process. You gotta grind. You gotta attack. You gotta suffer. And yeah. it's all a part of the the big picture, right? And like Miguel was saying, yeah, you're going to miss it, and you're not going to know until it's gone. You don't know what you got until it's gone. So if you can know that now, if you can make the most of your time now, you might still have those, not regrets, but you might still feel those emotions, but they'll be far less than if you were to just stop now. Yeah. If you can just do everything you got and 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 do all you can. Doesn't matter what happens. At the end of the day, win or lose or draw, you'll you'll be satisfied. You'll have a level level of satisfaction knowing that you did everything in your power you could. Yes, I can't play right now, but I can still train. I can still do something. Yeah. If I quit, if I give up, I got nothing to show. That's going to be me my entire life. That is going to be your your motive and like your motto. And I had that realization a while back is that was that was just me in high school, you know? It's like I just wanted short-term success. Yeah. Short-term satisfaction. And that came with just hanging out with the wrong people and being 
with the wrong crowds, doing the wrong things. And I either had, I could have, it could have blew up in my face and I could have just keep, kept doing that same stuff. I could be there now. Or I could have, I realized that and I, I changed. You always have an opportunity to, to make a difference. So even if someone's out there who's, they're done with college and they, they gave up their, their playing time and they didn't do the right things, you're not totally done. You can still find something that drives you and pushes you and motivates you. And that's what I did. I, was, I didn't do anything with my playing career. But I found a level of, of passion and drive to, to want to improve myself, which then wanted me to help others improve themselves, which then turned into athletes and athletic careers. And then now I'm, I'm doing that and I'm, I'm helping people. So I'm still making an impact and it's just in a different way. You know, uh, you asked me earlier, like, I don't remember the question exactly, but, you know, if you're struggling to find that patience, another way to find it, and I just thought about this, is by surrounding yourself with people who are patient. You know, I look at uh, my wife. I don't know how she has the patience she does. She puts up with me. We have our son. He likes to get, I mean, he's just wild. He's just what he is. See money. Yeah, Calvin. Um <laughs> But I look, I look at her, and I look at, you know, all the patience she has, and I'm like, it makes me want to be that way. You know, I, lo I look at you, Brock, you're a very patient man, and I look at other people that are very patient, and then I compare them to people that aren't patient, you know? And I, and you have to decide, do you would you rather be an impatient person? Do you like how they look? Do you like how they act? Or do you like how somebody's calm, collected, and whatnot when there's a storm going on? Which person do you want to be like? You know, if you want to be one one or the other, that's that's up to you. But if you're looking in your your desire to become more patient, look at those people that are patient and ask why. You know, figure out the the why. Why are you patient? You know, why aren't you losing your cool? You, you know, you've been training for twelve years and you still have not hit four hundred five. Why are you patient? I ask myself that all the time. But, you know, those those are the things. Surround yourself with people that are and then mimic the behavior. Understand the why. Understand their drive of becoming patient or, or, or holding themselves accountable with that patience every single day. Because every single day, anybody out there, regardless of who you are, you're going to be tried with patience. You're either going to lose your cool in a situation or you're not. And there's going to be plenty of those every single day. How are you going to react? If somebody makes you angry, how do you react? I always tell my kids this, you know, my athletes when I say that is, I'm like, if you allow somebody to get under your skin, they win. They've won. You know, you they say something to you and you get upset. Hey, that's just showing me you're, you don't have any patience. You've, you've lost. It's all about how you handle situations. When you're tested, you know, are you going to be impatient or are you not? When you have kids, all the parents out there, you know, you're either going to find the patience or you're not. And my wife does a hell of a good job of finding patience with our son when I would rather lose it. She doesn't. But then I look at her and I'm like, well, why, why, what's stopping me from being like that? Nothing. Nothing is stopping me. The only person that's stopping me from being more patient is myself. And, you know, just taking that moment when I when I get angry, I have to stop myself for a second and ask why, 
And why am I even losing my patience? Is it worth it? Nine times out of ten, it is not worth it. You know, you're, that is not. And when you stop, when you stop for that second and breathe, then you realize how much you look like an idiot. And then you can start practicing the patience. Put yourself in situations where you have to work on patience. You know, if you have a kid, when I worked at Rabner's, one of my biggest goals was working with the hardest kids. You know, the hardest kids that had the most discipline problems. Because I knew I was going to be faced with the challenge of being patient with them. You know, how am I going to react? Well, nobody else wants to handle them. Bring them over. I got it. I was believing in myself and then saying, hey, give it to me, kids. What do you got? There's nothing you can do that's going to phase me. You know, say whatever you want to say. You know, act however you want to act. It's not going to phase me. And then I started winning because, like, they're, they're like, what the hell is wrong with this guy? <laughs> you know, this dude, he's crazy. Like, Mr. Miguel is nuts. And then same thing with the athletes. They, they, can, they can push my buttons, but as soon as I let them know that, as soon as they win, it's over. Game's over. So that's what I do. I put myself in situations where I have to work on my patience. You know, and that's what everybody else should be doing too. You want to get better at patience? Practice it. Be put in situations that either cause you to be impatient or patient. And then look at it because it's going to happen every single day. Easy scenario, drive to work. If you're in a big city, good luck. If you're in Fort Dodge, Iowa, hmm, it's not going to be that bad. But let's say somebody makes you mad. Somebody's driving really slow. You have two ways to how do you react. You either get mad, angry, or you just say, you know what? There's a reason they're driving that way. Understand their why. Understand why. You know, if I have an older grandma driving in front of me, she's taking her time. Well, the only reason that I'm in a hurry is because I did not allow myself enough time. Then that's on you. Every time you're, usually when it comes down to patience, I think it becomes on, it comes on you. Now, I put myself in that situation. I only gave myself 15 minutes to get to work. You should always give yourself 20, 25 minutes. Get up earlier. Because then you're not going to lose your patience. Do better. Yeah. If you can keep calm within a chaos mm-hmm. environment, mm-hmm. there's really nothing that can phase you. No. Like you said, like you had that process and that mindset going into those certain meetings or, or discussions with those kids, right? Like if you don't have a level of awareness, yeah, you're, you're vulnerable. And then you get caught and you get upset and frustrated and angered. And then you use those in negative ways. Mm-hmm. But if you can keep your understanding and teach yourself to stay calm in a chaos environment, it is going to make you bulletproof. One other thing I want to talk about is the media. This is kind of going on to another subject. You know, um, the media doesn't help us with being patient. And I say that because it pushes us to get those, you know, if I talk about training or anything, to get those results fast. We need to, it's that fix. You know, I want to squat 225. Well, give me a month. You'll get there. Well, yeah, maybe. Or, you know, I want to lose 25 pounds in two weeks. That's doable. Is it healthy? Probably not. You know, they're always saying, there's all these things out there saying that we could do it quicker. You know, all these fads, all these workouts, all these things, you know. And you need to understand everybody that's listening that it doesn't work that way. That's all a bunch of crap. You know, you need to understand that if you want to learn patience, then it's going to be a slow process. 
Okay. Don't listen to those outside factors out there that are telling you it can happen overnight, that you can make a million dollars in 24 hours, you know, or you can make a YouTube video and become the next YouTube sensation. Life doesn't work that way. And if you think it does, you're wrong. You know, it's, it's understanding that that isn't what it takes to get to the top. It's, it's the hard grind and the going through the trenches, you know, uh, I'm going to make another Goggins reference. Goggins, if you ever listen to this man, you're the man, but he talks about we, when we train, you get calloused hands. And when I look at, you know, I've had calloused hands for a long time, but I, it takes a while to get those hands to become calloused. You know, people wear gloves because they don't like the feeling of the hurt. Well, your hands aren't strong enough now. Okay, so wait. Just wait. That's all most of Don't just, wear gloves. Yeah, don't wear gloves. <laughs> if you're training, do not do that. But, you know, or wear a pad on the, or put a pad on the bar. That's another one. But um, it takes time, right? So if you look at how long it probably takes to callous your hands, it takes months, really, where, you know, I look at my hands compared to some of my athletes, you know, their hands are still breaking open. You know, they ask me, coach, is this normal? Yeah, it's normal. Embrace it. Like, squeeze harder. I don't care if your hands are bleeding. You got this. But anyways, it's – and he makes the reference where calloused hands are what we have to have to lift, to train. But then you need to go a step further further, and callous the mind. Callous your brain. Okay? And if you're doing that, that is patience. You are mentally becoming stronger – with the patience of understanding that it's going to take that time to callous my brain. You know, if you want to get better, understand that time needs to be your best friend. Time is what you need, but time is not what you have. Mm -hmm. And the sooner you can realize that, the better off you're going to be because you're going to understand that you need time and it takes time. Mm -hmm. and you also don't have enough time. So the time that you do have, you need to use it. You cannot waste a second, a moment. You can't waste it. So it's having that level-headedness of being patient and letting things occur. There's a sense of like organicness to training that not, not a lot of people understand. We can get into overtraining on another one. I'm not going to go mm -hmm. into that. But, like, you have to have this certain, like, level. Like, I call it, like, the steamroll method, you know? Yeah. Like, you can't rush it, but you can't stop. It's just that that consistent day yeah. in, day out. Just roll with it. Yeah. Let it occur, right? And, again, it's that organicness. It just yeah. it just happens, you know? Yeah. You got to do the right things. It's kind of like 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 planting a seed or like like farming you know yeah it's like you still have to do what you got to do right yeah. you can't waste a, a moment you can't like you you gotta get harvest or you gotta get harvest out at a certain time and you gotta get seeds in at a certain, certain time. time like you gotta if, maintain if you, yeah if you're yeah. late it's gonna to a point yeah, yeah you're not gonna have success if you're early, yeah. like it, it's timing yeah it's it's having it's knowing the time having the understanding of of when and where and why but knowing that it also takes time because mm -hmm. you can't can't harvest early because you're screwed. Mm -hmm. Late, you're probably screwed too. Mm -hmm. So it's accepting that time, it takes time, 
but understanding that you can't waste time either. Yeah, that's good. That's the truth, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, you hit it right on the head there with that time and time <laughs> is really what it is. It comes it's, down to it. It, it takes time and you got to have time, you know, and it's planning out your, 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 well, first off your everyday routines, but then your weekly routines, your month and your years, you know, like we talked about last, last episode on, in planning out, you know, how this, if you plan that out and obviously those plans can change along the way, but then at least you are creating an environment where you can work on your patients you know, and you have that structure to put you, move you in the right direction. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got anything to add? I think I'm all out of. No, I, I think we, we hit on some good, some good pointers. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, it's up to you out there to help yourselves become better. You know, uh, we always want to push you in the right direction. You know, too many times we take steps back and we don't want you to do that. You know, we want you with everything we throw, we're throwing at you to be able to utilize to become a better person, you know, to become stronger, more driven, um, to hit those goals, hit your training goals, hit your everyday life goals. That's what it's all about. And it's only up to you. We can give you the tools, but if you're not willing to use them, this is going to be for nothing. So just keep moving forward. Don't take steps back. And if you do take steps back, learn from it, you know, understand why, and then keep keep going. Like Brock said in, just a minute ago, it's like that steamroller. You know, I think of it like a tugboat. You know, tugboats only get so far. They're very slow, but they keep moving. They keep pulling. They're pulling heavy weight. You know, we got that same heavy weight that we deal with day in and day out. The only one that can get through it is you. My, my ending thoughts are going to be just, yeah, know, know what you need to do. Make sure, like we talked about, define your goals and, and simplify them, right? Don't, don't give yourself too much, you know? Know what you can handle and then go murder it, right? And then just trust in time, trust in your training, trust in the people around you, and just know that there's going to be setbacks, right? There's going to be scenarios that aren't going to be in your way. But if you can understand that your effort and your attitude are within 100% of your control at all times, I don't think anything can phase you. So if you just, no matter what happens in life, whether COVID hits or you get an injury or you end a relationship or like whatever happens, you know, as long as you can just keep a level headed mind and you can control your, your thought process and you can just be bulletproof with your, your thoughts and you can just give a hundred percent of whatever you have. I think you're going to come out on top. So yeah. All right. That's it for us guys. Thank you for listening. Tune in next time and go big or go home. You got anything to add Miguel? Get better. Achieve more. You can do it. Shout out to C Money. Calvin. <laughs> keep listening, man. We're we're on your side. This is for you. Peace, brother. One love. <laughs>